Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest from Atlas Go. We have Magoe Matthew, the co-founder and chief revenue officer. How's it going? Hi, George. Happy to be here. How are you? I'm doing really well. And this is of particular interest to me because I love all things nonprofit, athletics, and philanthropy. So why don't we jump into it? What is Atlas Go? for those that don't know. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, So we are a B Corp, first of all. Uh, We launched uh, in summer 2016. um, And Atlas Go is a a digital community building uh, mobile application. So we've got different um, solutions with our nonprofit and our corporate solution. I'll really focus on talking more to nonprofits today, but basically we organize virtual events. Um, uh, We don't call them virtual races anymore because uh, they're really virtual well-being events uh, encompassing all types of uh, activities and well-being, as well as a fundraising platform uh, for nonprofits. Um, So yeah, that's who we are. That's what we do. Gotcha. And this has been quite the time to have a remote app for healthiness and well-being. I can't help but notice we've all been quarantined off and on and frankly removed from our offices, removed from our routines. Can you maybe speak to a little bit of maybe what what has happened in the business over these uh, this past year and plus time? Yeah, happy to. It's been a really crazy time, Um, obviously because of everything that's happened in the world, but also uh, for Atlas Go specifically. So we were previously a company that, from a sales perspective, focused a lot of outbound. um, And um, we woke up one day and thought the website was broken because of how many leads and requests were coming in. So we were doing virtual before the pandemic. which was a lot more for organizations that were looking to add a virtual component or add a fundraising online component or um, for the corporate solution organizations that are uh, really spread out throughout the world that want uh, to allow people to connect virtually. But then we kind of became from a nice to have to really a necessity during the pandemic. So um, it was a very successful time, which always feels a little bit strange saying that while the world was going through what it was going through. Um, But it's been amazing to be able to help uh, organizations that from one day to the next were thinking, what am I going to be doing? How am I going to be able to raise money? Um, Yeah, what's what's next? And also nobody knew how long it was going to last. It seems like it's still here. Um, So it's been a huge growth spurt. And we've learned a lot uh, from hosting um, over 200 events just uh, the last year. I love that. So you wake up one day, usually when I uh, have no leads coming into my site, I assume something's broken, but you, what did it do? Like 5X, 10X, you wake up one day, you're like, my inbox is full. Is yours full? What's going on? Yeah, it was, it's funny. I often say, be careful what you wish for, because um, this was the thing, right? We, you did you wish for a pandemic? Because you should be very, <laughs> I mean, Careful, definitely, though. definitely not a pandemic, um, but an influx of leads. It's what you always want as a, you, you know this. Um, 
And so, yeah, we woke up and to give you an idea from an inbound perspective, usually it was around 10 a month. Um, uh, we really had a much more of an outbound strategy and it mm. came to be 300, 400 a month. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was a crazy time. And some of it, you know, also made us realize that we needed to change a lot of um, our marketing, some of the requests that were coming through because people were just like, I need any solution. So we needed to help educate people to really what our solution could be uh, for them to understand if we were a fit or not. So that also helped change. But yeah, it was it was pretty crazy time. So let's talk through what these leads are coming in for. You mentioned you've got something for corporations and something for nonprofits. So this is super interesting. We're also a B Corp and, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting model, but you still you still have to make the money uh, because you're providing a service and a double bottom line. Why don't we start? I'm just curious uh, with corporations. What is the value proposition for a, a company coming in? Yeah, so we organize team building, virtual team building events for a cause for organizations. Um, it doesn't have to have the cause component, but really a lot of organizations choose to. And so what that allows um, companies to organize are these challenges where uh, companies can uh, first encourage people taking care of themselves. So really, you know, taking care of their well-being by doing multiple different types of activities. We have things from yoga to cooking to reading a story to your child or taking 30 minutes of me time we had to really innovate um, again in this pandemic the types of activities and then a lot of organizations are donating a certain amount or pledging a certain amount to a nonprofit, and so employees get to unlock those funds um, with their activities and so all of the leaderboards are based on uh, their four dollars that they're able to raise uh, or unlock from their corporate sponsor. Um, so it provides a really exciting time for them to be able to take care of themselves and do the activities that sometimes you need a little bit extra boost to do. Um, and also uh, connect with each other as employees. They can chat, they can exchange photos, um, high five each other, comment, and then uh, doing it for a cause. So getting more awareness and engagement building behind uh, the cause that the organization uh, chooses. And a lot of, and this is something we encourage to help um, to have the, the employees be a part of choosing what cause it will be. Um, so that's something that gives people a little bit of that extra motivation too. Gotcha. So the company can come in and, and sort of inspire their employees. It's all tracked. There's an app clearly, which can be downloaded. And that's that, that, that's that sort of customer point of sale interface. And then for the nonprofits, you know, what is pulling them onto the platform? Yeah, so with our nonprofits, um, we have them work with us in a couple different ways. Um, some of them are also interested in the employee engagement, so how they can themselves run an internal mm -hmm. um, engagement with their staff. Uh, others are really looking to be doing what we're, our product is called virtual races, but virtual uh, campaigns. And so what this means is they're able to sell tickets, so registration tickets, a pay-to-play model. Um, people can add an additional donation, and then they will host a challenge for a certain amount of time. A lot of that um, challenges will have incentives, prizes, things you can win. Um, and they will also mostly have a fundraising component. So we, we didn't think we were gonna get into the peer-to-peer -peer world, but the more mm -hmm. we started doing these virtual races, the more uh, nonprofits were saying, we would love to have a simple solution that is able to encompass the whole journey of what these campaigns mean from a fundraising to also the challenge aspect of it. 
Um, and then the third way that uh, nonprofits work with us is actually work with their corporate uh, sponsors to organize team building events for the corporation. So in this case, the nonprofit and us are in contact. We're not in contact with their final uh, sponsor, but they're able to offer a team building uh, event uh, through leveraging uh, the Atlas Go platform. Mm -hmm. So just to spell it out, they can set and sell tickets for any type of event. It could be musical chairs, gardening, yoga, running, racing, used to be seen like the thing, but you're like, yeah, let's just expand it. And you sort of have this, you know, cause campaign in a box, just to use language that I feel like is familiar to me, where company can be there being like, hey, what are we doing? Sponsor this walk. So a la March of Dimes, but guess what? Pandemic, we can't all march right next to each other anymore as much. They get brand impressions via the app, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's exactly. sort of tied together. And I get, I bet the nonprofit has some sort of you know, visual or analytics dashboard where they're like, ah, I see here are the people, here's the sales and here's the, here's the net impact of what we're doing. Yeah. They're able to access that data. Um, we are, that's one of the things that we're working hard on that they've asked us, um, uh, to have more visibility and more ways to be able to do the work themselves. And so that's one of the big, um, ways we're developing the platform next is to really give more admin capabilities, uh, to the owners of the challenges. What is the most popular challenge on the platform that is not a sort of classic running or biking or walking? I think this year it was a lot of hit uh, training, um, a lot of like indoor, um, but sweaty activities. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people were not necessarily comfortable going out for a run or walking or encouraging people to be out there. Um, and there was still a need for people to really get moving uh, because we were all going a little bit crazy. So that's one of the ones that we saw uh, being really successful. And I have to say gardening has actually been an activity that's been used a lot. Um, I think, yeah, I, helping connect to nature. It's, a lot of us started to have different uh, kind of projects at home and gardening seemed to be uh, one, whether it was indoor plants or if um, people had the opportunity to have uh some outdoor space that they could garden with. So let me just pull this thread a bit farther to make it tangible. I want to, for my, I don't know, main organic gardening group, run a gardening event and I want to sell tickets. So I would put together this event. I'd maybe find, you know, whatever sponsor gardening grows something. (laughs) And then I would sell tickets. And what is the ask? Come garden with us for 30 minutes this weekend. Is there a single time? What does it look like? Yeah, great question. So the um, activities like gardening are time-based activities. And so we set up different types of ratios, depending if you have both time-based activities and distance-based activities, and you're basically collecting either time or little tokens if there's a mix of both activities. And so the incentive is usually there is maybe your sponsor will give a special prize or something to the top winners. Um, And so uh, you are competing on a leaderboard against everybody else who's doing it at home. You're also sharing photos. You're competing gardening. You're competing whatever activity it is um, that you wanna have. Um, And again, the idea, I think being a B Corp, one of the things that we, really want to help incentivize is 
friendly and healthy competition, but more than that, incentivizing people to participate rather than, oh, I'm, you know, going to be number one or two on the leaderboard. But how can you um, really help uh, with incentives like what's the, I don't know, coolest plant that you want to post a photo of or your progress or, um, you know, sharing high fives, things like that. Thinking about ways that uh, we can encourage people to share and use social media because at the end of the day, the photos and all of that in Atlas Go really looks like a social media in a way that um, feels healthy and uh, good for the whole community rather than kind of having the only goal be uh, the number one on the leaderboard. So it's not just a time on task. I have to log into my app. I garden for 47 minutes but there's also sort of mini games, accomplishments, achievements, attaboys in the uh, system where you're like, all right, coolest plant, weirdest bug. <laughs> exactly. <Best> <laughs> I love that. Yes, exactly. Okay. I think this is making sense to me. And like, what are the fees for this? Because clearly, you know, you, you have to make money in this. How does the fee structure work? Yeah, so we charge a service fee, um, depending, there's different options, depending on people's budgets and, and possibilities, um, or resources, and then we charge a user fee um, uh, on top of that. And so there's also, especially obviously for nonprofits, that it's very different rates than corporates. And then we also have a license fee model. So a lot of, uh, as I mentioned, nonprofits use us for both their employee engagement uh, opportunities, but also to engage their community and their fundraising. And so uh, there's an opportunity for them to use multiple Atlas Go challenges. Gotcha. And I see that you're also planting trees. Is that like the generic, no matter what you're doing, go plant a tree? Is that the, the catch-all for anybody who doesn't have a, a, a cause necessarily associated? So that's actually our community. Um, Atlas Go, we originally started Atlas Go as a community-based application. The idea that anybody can be an everyday hero through um, doing something good for themselves and also uh, for the world. And so originally we really wanted this to be uh, sponsored led. Um, and then we quickly understood that that wasn't gonna work from a revenue model perspective and it wasn't gonna generate the growth we were hoping for. So uh, about two years ago, we decided that we wanted to keep our community, um, but we wanted it to have a specific purpose. And so climate change being something that is um, so in need of our attention and action. Um, so we decided to make our community really a, a tree planting um, system that basically we have sponsors that are uh, sponsoring two specific reforestation partners that are planting the trees. Um, and we're making that 100% go for trees. So um, Atlas goes not taking a fee. The idea is really to kind of keep fuel going. The community is um, inspiring everybody that wants to, to just download Atlas Go so anybody can do that. And then um, with every activity that they're doing, they're planting trees that um, a sponsor has uh, paid a reforestation partner to be able to do that. It's pretty cool. Always good to plant a tree. And uh, how many users, you're talking about community, how many users does the app have at this point? So in terms of our community, there's about um, 10,000 users um, that are planting trees, um, some actively, some not necessarily active on an uh, everyday basis, um, especially because we have different types of tree planting challenges. So sometimes when it's, you know, in their local area, they're super excited and they really want to make sure to be a part of that one. They might take a break and then join um, a next one. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then for the overall sort of nonprofits, I met there's maybe a lot of episodic 
large campaigns come through and people engage and then like they come back next year for the annual grill a thon pancake cookout barbecue <laughs> exactly Curl, curling so, curling i bet is really big oh we've never it's done big. that actually really? we haven't had yet um, a curling <laughs> i don't think that's an activity on the app <laughs> um but we although maybe during the olympics it came out i'm not sure <laughs> um we uh for our nonprofit communities as you mentioned it varies so much um and we don't yeah count that number in terms of our community because some of our virtual races are you know 10,000 people um so it really really depends yeah. on obviously the nonprofits we're working with their community also the companies right we work with companies that are uh from I don't know less than 200 to companies that are again 10,000 even more uh global so that really varies depending on uh the current campaigns that we've got going on mm -hmm. and I see you integrate with Strava and Fitbit and Garmin could you actually tell who like hypothetically won a race or is it not that precision is just about time? I'm just curious. <laughs> you can, you can. So um, especially if they're using a wearable, it's so easy um, from a yeah. data tracking perspective. If they're using the GPS um, system that we've got on Atlas Go, you can do that too. If they use the manual entry, it's an honor system. So, um, uh, you know, they need to, to be honest with their time and distance. Uh, but yes, you can. And then we're also launching the Apple Health uh, integration in the new year, which is something that everybody has been asking us specifically in our hmm. uh, North America audience. Hmm. Yeah, those integrations are super, super helpful because we all have these like health tracky pieces that are uh, are measuring us and, and walking around with us. What I like about this is the uh, the secondary effects. And I don't know if you see it as a primary or second order effect wherein it's not just fundraising, but it's activity-based, which, you know, promotes health, promotes the, as you mentioned, types of things that would make us healthier during a pandemic, which is part of, for some organizations, actually part of their mission to get up and go, not just raise money. Is there an example that you could pull out of a nonprofit that views this as both a vehicle for fundraising and a vehicle for impact as defined by their mission? A hundred percent. I think that um, we really started more as an awareness building and digital community building organization mm -hmm. for nonprofits. And we added the fundraising part additionally because they were asking uh, us that, but it's, it's, I will say, and not our bread and butter, right? There's amazing fundraising platforms out there that are, have focused all their time and attention in building uh, the base, best gamified way of fundraising. And we're really much more focused on that community building, which our nonprofits are very much um, seeing the, the effects of. Uh, to give you an example, we work with the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Uh, they did a virtual tour across America, um, which is now something that instead of making an event that was physical virtual, they've actually created a new campaign. And now it's a virtual event that they'll have every year, an awesome way to diversify. Um, and they were very surprised by the amount of storytelling that people were doing while sharing photos. So people that have been affected by Crohn's that were like, I never thought that I would be able to run. And now I'm actually not only raising money for a cause that I really care about, but I can really physically go out there and run and show that you can get healthy again. So the storytelling piece from the campaigns that we're getting is it's amazing. I mean, it's why we're doing the work that we do that, that the really, the beautiful stories that people are able to share or, you know, during the pandemic also um, a lot of parents were obviously stuck at home 
um, with their kids that schools were closed and saying like, oh, you know, having a place where I can actually show and create an activity because we created things like arts and crafts. So like creating an activity with my child and sharing a photo of it and then being proud of it. Um, that part of it is, is really important. And then explaining to the child like, hey, we're doing this for a cause. This is what it's about. Um, again, creating that dialogue uh, is something that a lot of people uh, said helped them throughout the pandemic. I think there's a lot more that our distributed workforce and distributed nature of, you know, even post-pandemic knock on wood as we get there is going to require. And I think having an annual virtual event that has a bit more than, hey, everyone jump on a Zoom, but actually like go out and participate in, as you just mentioned, the type of activity that aligns with the mission of the organization uh, has a lot of applications. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, you're mentioning a post-pandemic world. I, I'm, I know we'll get there. I don't know exactly when, um, but I think there's still so many learnings to take from this. And we've, we're at a stage right now where things are slowing down a little bit for us as an organization and where we're able to take a breath and be like, okay, what are the learnings that we've had of how people interact with each other in this new world, in this new way of being? And what are the things that we're going to keep? And then what are the things that are just not going to be happening again? Because some people are obviously tired of there is some Zoom fatigue and all of these things. So it's been really interesting to now be able to take a pause and kind of reflect on um, and also understand how that's going to shape the future. Yeah, I imagine you had to scale up pretty quickly. Was it weird? You know, I assume hiring people or <laughs> doubling down when a lot of businesses around you were maybe going the opposite direction. Yeah, I think one thing that um, looking back, I, I wish we had done is do that quicker because um, yeah. we didn't, again, nobody knew how long it was going to last. And so um, I personally totally burned out last year as a result of it because it was really, you know, let's take as much in and let's make this last and let's keep going as opposed to automatically having that thinking of, okay, let me take a breath and hire and train people and really grow a team fast. And so um, that was something that uh, we're, you know, continuing to do, and we're definitely scaling and growing as a company. Um, but I think if I had uh, known, which I couldn't have had, um, how long this was going to last, I would have done that a little bit earlier. Yeah, I think the the hindsight coach is always always fun to play with, but it, you know, you did seemingly scale up at and, and capture a lot of that opportunity. I think we had a, we had a similar moment at Whole Whale where, you know, I'll just I'll be honest, in like March of 2020, we lost a significant amount of contracts and revenue overnight mm. and sort of put a pause on a lot of uh, a lot of hiring plans. And then as the dust settled and the fear subsided, it actually came full circle back where a lot more organizations realized they needed the digital leverage that we offered, the analytics and advertising those pieces. And fortunately, we did hire into it and scaled up quite a bit. But it does have me wondering, and this is getting to a question back to you, <laughs> I promise. It does have me wondering, as we scaled up to a larger size, you now, it's a bigger team. Uh, it's, it's bigger numbers to hit. How do you see that moving into 2022 with a larger team and potentially the sort of subsiding of or normalization of the pandemic? Yeah, so we're definitely... Um on trajectory to grow 100%. Um, I think one of the things that we uh, always discuss in our team is that we like to grow 
um, intentionally um, and not just kind of think of, okay, how, how can we get, you know, in, in, in this obviously tech startup world, there is a lot of, um, yeah, the, the desire to scale up um, really fast, depending on what their funding model is and all of that. And I think one of the things we've really learned and which um, why we love the B Corp community so much is how we can make sure um, to grow in a way that is also healthy uh, for us as a company, for us as a team. Um, but growth is 100% where we're going. And so one of the really exciting things that we're launching is uh, a content aspect of our platform. So a lot of both on the nonprofit and the corporate side have asked us for, you know, you can do all these activities, but can you go a little bit deeper into that of, let's say I've never meditated before, how can I learn how to meditate throughout Let's Go? Um, and so we're connecting with a lot of different experts and um, launching a content part of the platform, which we're super excited about um, and a lot of integrations. So, you know, we're talking, we talked about um, the Apple health integrations, but there is also really important integrations in terms of how people communicate internally. So like the Slack integrations, these kinds of things or Microsoft Teams for the nonprofit world. Um, those are things that we're excited about. And then I think the big question mark is, you know, what is the future of events? How are people going to continue to do some virtual? What is the hybrid world going to be? Um, mm -hmm. And then how do we, what does a world look like with a lot of physical events? Um, how does Atlas Go play a role into that? Um, so honestly, we're very much learning from the market right now. One, there's so many competitors that popped out in the last six months and, you know, Oh, really? In the last six months, it's like, oh, remote, do these virtual activities? Yeah, or for nonprofits, do these virtual races or, you know, a lot of, um, yeah, organizations that it was like not really their focus, but then they launched this. And um, and it's really, really interesting to see the different directions that people are going um, and what therefore is pulling. We also are a global company. We have a large part of our revenue that comes from Europe, actually. Um, and so understanding the different um, kind of trends between the US and Europe is so interesting too. So we uh, are about to start our last quarter of the Atlas Go year. Um, our, our financial year ends in March. And so it's a really exciting time to also be uh, understanding, you know, where the revenue has come from and where it's going to be uh, coming from in the next year. And I'm sure a lot of things are going to change. I'm just, to pull that thread, I'm curious, what is the biggest notable difference in your mind when you think about the EU, I guess, corporate market you're mentioning, the EU market activities versus the US? Yeah, so one of the big things why we grew so fast in Europe is because we really learned from what was happening in the US and then brought it um, to Europe. And one of the things is, for example, multiple different types of activities, right? In in Europe, we've been telling our uh, our potential clients about meditation and all of these things for a while. And it took a pandemic for people to actually add these kinds of activities in a challenge. Um, things are um, generally in the corporate well-being world, I think just not as common and not as developed um, uh, with the companies that we've been working with. And so it's been really exciting to introduce some of this. Um, and then I think one of the other biggest differences is that the U.S. has really come into a bottom-up approach in terms of of helping their employees, you know, with ESG groups and um, with giving them a voice of, hey, these are the things that I want in my company, as opposed to a top-down uh, approach of these are the nonprofits we're donating to, this is how we're doing it. And so also we're seeing slowly Europe getting there. 
um, and asking us, uh, you know, for advice of rather than, okay, we want to donate to this charity saying, how can we actually include our employees in this process? How can we help mm. them? Um, you know, more of the likes of uh, Benevity, who um, are obviously doing um, a great job in allowing people to themselves decide what the allocation of the funds want to go to as an example. Um, yeah, and that yeah. corporate social responsibility catching on as as a narrative and then saying, how do we get into this more than just a paycheck photo op? Exactly, exactly. I thought you were going to say there's much more interest in dressage. I guess <laughs> I don't know my European market as well. Anyway, <laughs> shall we move into rapid fire questions? Happy to. Okay. What is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year? Uh, ClickUp is one that we started using specifically for uh, features for the product team. Um, it's a great tool where you're able to have like voting and um, it's visually beautiful. Um, yeah, it's amazing. There is a free version for anybody who wants to try. Highly recommend. Hmm. And that's ClickUp.com? Um, show notes <laughs> all righty what tech issues are you battling with um tech issues that we're battling with i think honestly prioritization um and it's not maybe a direct but the way i'm taking this question is uh internally in our product pipeline and there's because we have the corporate and the nonprofit side there's a lot of different things coming at us so yeah what is coming in the next year that has you the most excited? The content that I alluded to. Um, I'm personally so, so excited to go a little bit deeper with our community. Talk about a mistake that you made earlier in your career that shapes the way you do things now. Burnout and uh, work too hard. I'm still learning, but um, taking care of myself is, is a big priority now. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? don't know, to be very honest. I'm very torn between both. Um, very torn. Try to throw in the hot tub time machine back to the beginning, the founding of Atlas Co. What advice would you give yourself and the team? Really listen to your customers. Uh, trust your intuition too of where things will go and don't worry too much. What is something that you think you should stop doing? Me personally? We'll go with you personally on this one. Yes. <laughs> um taking too much on <laughs> if i were to give you a magic wand to wave across the social impact sector what would it do help people realize that they can all take individual actions to make a difference how did you get started in the social impact space i first got started in with this organization called enactus uh, i was an undergrad um and joined enactus and launched a project in india um that was Everything was the beginning. What advice did your parents give you that you either followed or didn't follow? Trust yourself, which I did follow. <laughs> you did follow, just to confirm. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> what advice would you give college grads currently looking to enter the social impact sector? Get involved in any way you can. There is so much to learn from and also choose something that you're personally really passionate about that lights your fire. How do people find you? How do people help you? Um, you can find us at atlasgo.org uh, or you can find the Atlas Go app on um, any app store or Google Play store. 
And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Personally, I'm Magalie Matthew, and I'd love to connect. Thank you so much for sharing about Atlas Go and the work you do. It's certainly making a difference for nonprofits and the people that are connected to the activities that you're promoting. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 